Hello again, everyone. It's your host, Marian Matakiv, and I'm here with Giulio Mariani, who is a senior data scientist at Experian. And we're going to talk about an exciting topic, a new topic. It's the ESG regulation. So hello to you, Giulio, and I'll start off with a question to you. Uh, we all know how ESG is important globally uh, for us all in our daily lives. But what does it really mean um, to Europe as well? What does it entail at the European level as well? Yeah, uh, thank you, Marian, and hi, everyone. So we know that environmental, social and governance had a huge impact across the globe. And this is uh, really important, especially in the European Union economy. So starting from 2015, uh, with uh, the first agreements coming from United Nations, we know that after Paris Agreement, there has been a number of steps that the European Commission took. Uh, and now with uh, the Green Deal approval from European Commission, we have European Central Bank and European Bank of Authority that are focusing on next steps for banks. So there is a specific final guidance coming from ECB for climate related and environmental risks for banks. And on the other hand, also European Bank of Authority it has created a report on how to manage and supervise ESG risks uh, for credit institutions and uh, investment firms. So there is uh, a lot of regulations, a lot of uh, requirement for financial industry, but this is uh, tremendously important because this will have an impact also on daily life of uh, citizens uh, in European Union and then, of course, across the globe. Okay, uh, so there are there is already a new regulation, right? Uh, what does that mean for the market players, and what are the steps that they need to take in order to cover this regulation and make it look good? Yeah, actually, I mean, there, there is a lot of uh, uh, new regulation for uh, the, the, the financial industry. And for this reason, there is also a lot of uh, new steps that uh, uh, banks, but in general, all the, the, the industry needs, uh, needs to take. So here we try to emphasize four main aspects that are coming from ECB guide on climate related and environmental risks. So here are the key pillars and the supervisory expectations. So first of all, of course, you need as a bank, as an institution to have a business model and strategy related to uh, environmental risk. So how uh, any kind of change, for example, in temperature or in climate related will change and will affect your business model. And then, of course, there is a, a key point about governance and the risk appetite. So again, you need to have in place some tools and solution that will allow to structurally into a large organization to manage ESG information and to have it in place for any kind of governance and the risk appetite framework. 
Then there is a, a strong in, um, topic about uh, risk management. So we know that uh, um, banks will be required soon to have first a risk uh, management framework that takes care about ESG data. So the, the, the way and the approach that banks will uh, provide, for example, loans or credit cards uh, or any financial uh, tool uh, will need to take care also of uh, environmental, social and governance data. So we are going into a direction in which uh, if a company in the future will ask for a loan uh, and such company is a good company that is investing a lot of their um, investments into uh, reducing pollution, they will get access easier to, to, to credit uh, and they will have uh, uh, a lower risk. And then the second point about risk management is about a stress testing scenario. So banks will soon need to, to have a stress testing scenario that will take into consideration of what will happen if uh, in the next uh, 10 years uh, we will have uh, plus two degrees of temperature or what will happen if um, uh, we mm, we will delay uh, to to comply with uh, all the regulation coming from uh, uh, paris agreements uh, or uh, what will happen to a large organization if there will be a scandal of one of the sea level of the of the of the bank itself so all this kind of stress testing will need to to be in place very very soon and finally of course there is a pillar related to disclosure so also policies and procedures will need to take care of ESG information because as you perfectly are aware uh, um, there is a lot of information, especially into the governance fields uh, that relates uh, to policies. So okay. there is a huge work. Yeah, yeah. So there, there, there seems to be at least some clarity on uh, what are the steps to take, but how do, do organizations take them? And specifically, I'm wondering, for example, for the small companies that are uh, trying to get access to credit, how do you assess whether they're they're good enough, whether they're a part of the sustainability equation, and uh, what is their contribution? So, how do you assess them from an ESG perspective? I guess the scarcity of data uh, it could be a huge issue here. But how is uh, how are you helping? How is Experian in general helping organizations tackle issues in the ESG uh, environment? Yeah, I mean, you you touched the, the key points. So data scarcity is actually something uh, really uh, of tremendous importance into ESG uh, topic in general, but especially when we relate to small, medium enterprises. So mm, let me give you, first of all, a high level uh, overview of how Experian is uh, supporting uh, uh, clients. So first of all, uh, we are partnering uh, on a global scale with uh, the main uh, data provider for uh, uh, ESG data for large corporate. So we have uh, a lot of uh, uh, information for any kind of listed company with public uh, um, balance sheet information regarding ESG. 
So, for example, how large corporates are investing on reducing pollution, how they are investing in diversity and inclusion, how they how much money they are spending to make sure that they have a strong corporate and responsibility policy in place. So all this kind of information are coming from traditional data, from balance sheet, uh, and, uh, and this information, of course, are crucial. But then there are two further points. The first one is to map this data with the proper taxonomy coming from European Bank of Authority and ECB requirements. And the second point is about small medium enterprise that you mentioned before. So on one hand, we are uh, supporting our clients for self-assessment of SMEs into the ESG uh, segment. But of course, we know that self-assessment uh, will incur for sure in first, a lot of manual process. Second, uh, uh, there is a huge problem of data reliability and data quality. So we uh, are offering not just a, a simply self-assessment tool, but we are making assessment also using alternative data. So for alternative data, we rely mainly on web data. So we are offering a, a web crawler and solution that allow to crawl from the web a lot of information from media, from social network, for mm, several uh, web pages that uh, can allow to have also for small medium enterprises a clear um, overview of how they are uh, investing, uh, for example, again, to reduce uh, uh, pollution. And then, of course, again, thinking about uh, the regulation, we are offering this not just data, but also analytics model that uh, can support especially into the credit risk framework. So you can connect ESG information with standard credit risks and ratings. And through platform, we are operationalizing all and we are offering this through API and a very easy integration into our client system. So this is a, an end-to-end -end, uh, approach that we are uh, offering. And again, we are starting from data, we are passing through taxonomy and assessment, we are using analytics with alternative data, and we are bundling everything into platform for credit risk framework. So it's a huge effort that we spent in the last year about, uh, about ESG. It sounds quite interesting, not only because it sounds end-to-end -end as an approach, but also because of the fact that you said we can enrich the data with uh, alternative data, with web data, which would probably help for the for the smaller companies, especially. Um, where do we start from in the end? How, how do we start our ESG framework and how can we boost growth through ESG? Yeah, uh, thanks. Also, this is something very, very important. And uh, okay, we, we are working uh, on this uh, on a global uh, scale. So we have uh, several uh, um, of the main clients that are putting a lot of uh, uh, effort into this topic. And uh, first of all, what we observe as a priority for the next uh, six, 12 months 
is to have a stress test uh, uh, framework uh, that again will allow our clients uh, to have uh, um, a, a clear framework of what will happen to their portfolio and to their business uh, according to the climate changes. So the first step uh, again is definitely on uh, a stress test. And secondly, uh, in uh, let's say in the next uh, 24 months, uh, we see that there is a strong uh, uh, strategy of our clients, mainly lenders, about uh, how to measure with uh, uh, reliable data climate changes. So we know that uh, ESG is a huge topic, it's environment, but it's also social and governance. So we see a strong focus on the first part, environment, and how climate change metrics uh, will be incorporated into the overall uh, business of, of lenders. And also for large corporates, uh, including banks, uh, they are trying to anticipate the regulation and implement uh, ESG compliance uh, procurement. So in the next 24 months, again, we think that uh, the most of the large corporate will have a strong ESG compliant procurement strategy in place. And then, of course, uh, uh, it's uh, it's very important, especially for, for banks and investors, uh, to have uh, a green, uh, clear asset allocation. And uh, for this, we observe that banks nowadays, they are already offering uh, uh, green uh, investments. Uh, so definitely in next 36 months, uh, we do believe that uh, most of the banks will have in place uh, a green portfolio to offer uh, to consumers. Finally, last step is about small medium enterprises. Actually, this is again, you mentioned before, the key challenge. Still, we are observing across the globe uh, that there is a, a, an absence of uh, uh, reliable uh, uh, data coming from there. But again, what we are trying to do is on one side uh, to have the possibility to use uh, self-assessment, but what is crucial for us is to guarantee that through alternative data, web data, uh, coming from different data sources and media, we can really assess also this kind of segment that actually is still the key challenge. Okay, thank you for this uh, picture of the future. And talking about the future, I, I just wanted to ask you what's your personal contribution to green economy or you know the concept of eco-friendly uh, lifestyle? Yeah, th thanks also for this. Well, I, I do believe that uh, um, pandemic uh, changed the radically uh, our mindset. So I was used to travel uh, two, three days uh, per week uh, across uh, different countries in, in Europe. Uh, uh, now it's, uh, it's from April 2020 that, that I don't get a flight to, to travel in another country and definitely I, I'm rethinking how I can better organize my work and how I can also limit uh, the, 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 the pollution that actually I'm contributing to, to create. So I'm working a lot, I'm avoiding to take cars or flights where it's possible to avoid 
And definitely, I think that uh, this is something that is uh, happening uh, at a scale, not just for me, but uh, uh, across the globe. And I think really th this is something of enormous importance uh, to, to live in a better world and to live a better world to our children. Okay, thank you very much, Julio, for your honest uh, opinion about TSG, but also uh, giving us at least one benefit from this pandemic situation that we're all in. <laughs> thank, thanks a lot and speak to you next time. Thank you. Bye. Thank you.